every single day that we get up, God gives us a whole fresh new day before us with new blessings laid out before us. And uh, as we always seek Him out in prayer, looking for guidance and direction for the day, do you realize that when we go before the Lord in prayer, when we're on bended knee, or even if we're standing and we're praying to Him, that we are indeed standing on holy ground? Are you aware of that? So before we get into the message today, let us just praise God and just worship Him and just let the Holy Spirit engulf us wherever you are, in your living room, in your bedroom, or, or wherever you might be. Let the Holy Spirit just engulf you and, and be touched by the Lord today as we realize that we're standing on holy ground spiritually when we're worshiping Him. Amen. So let us listen to this ages-known song called Holy Ground by Praise Worship. Praise God. There is joy beyond measure, and that gives me peace of mind can still be found, and if you have a need, I know.
Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful, wonderful song. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, as we've gathered here today to worship you, Lord God, and to come before thy throne of grace, O Lord, we just thank you for all things, both great and small, O Lord, and we ask that you will continue to be here with us, commune with us as we partake of your word here today, O Lord God. I I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll just bless us and touch us in your own special way. Let your Holy Spirit, O Lord God, just touch our hearts and our spirits and our minds, O Lord God. You know what's going on in our lives, O Lord God. So I pray that you speak to us in your own special way. Heavenly Father, as I give this place to you to take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise, I pray that today there be a special move of thy Holy Spirit upon the heart of someone out there who really needs you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, that during this time of such turmoil, O Lord God, that we, your children, can find peace in you and find strength in you to persevere, O Lord God, through the times of this age, O Lord God. We know that you are a faithful God, O Lord, and we trust you and we look to you for all things, both great and small. So, Heavenly Father God, we look to you this day for your wisdom and your insights, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, again, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Boy, I don't know where to really kind of begin today. My my heart and my spirit is, is filled up with, with so much joy and anticipation for what's going on because we know, we know, we know that the Lord speaks to us and the Lord gives us guidance for the things of, of this life. And along those lines, the Lord gave me some insights in prayer about something that is uh, uh, very, very important for all of us Christians to realize, and that's some insights into Satan's agenda. Yes, into Satan's agenda. We all know that he is out there, and boy, oh boy, he's alive and well on planet Earth with the tactics and strategies that he's trying to deploy upon us and into this world. We know that Satan likes to use a strategy to defeat the children of the living God. Okay, But what God was showing me was that Satan wants you grounded to this earth. He wants you grounded to this earth. And I'm always aware of and driven by earthly things. He wants us to be driven by the senses, you know, looking at sickness and financial matters, worries about your life and everything else that's going around you, going on around you uh, uh, in, in the physical realm. Okay. But God, God wants you focused on his kingdom. Okay. He wants you focused on heavenly matters, such as we walk by faith and not by sight. And with his stripes, I am healed, you know, and, and cast your cares upon God. That's what God wants us to be focused on, not on the worldly, the earthly things that's going on here, because Satan wants to keep us grounded so that he can continue to just dump on us and employ his minions to just further bring us down. God does not want us grounded. He wants us focusing on the things of him in heavenly places. God wants you elevated to heavenly places. Amen. So as usual, we have to go to the word of God for all guidance. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And as you're flipping there, again, if you don't have your Bible, please hit the pause button and run and get your Bible and come back and join us. Okay, the most effective way to um, to uh, uh, hear these uh, sermons is as though we were gathered together physically and going 
through the Word of God with me so that you can see firsthand. Never let it be said that these are, are my thoughts or my opinions, but you need to see it in the Word of God for yourself. Amen. Praise the living God. So Second Corinthians 4, uh, starting with verse number 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Again, verse 3, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In verse number four, the phrase, God of this world, or God of this age, and as some, like the New King James Version uh, puts it, it indicates that Satan is the major influence on the mindset expressed by the ideals, by the opinions, the goals, the hopes, and views of worldly people. Okay? All right? Satan has the major influence on the minds and the views of worldly people. His areas, Satan's areas of influence, also encompass the world's philosophies, education. Look what's happening in the colleges today. And commerce, trade. Okay? The thoughts, ideas, uh, speculations, and false religions of the world are under Satan's control and have sprung from his lies and deceptions over the eons of time. Amen? So when the Bible says that Satan is the god of this world, it is not saying that he has ultimate authority. He is not God. He is not Jehovah God. He is not our Lord God, Almighty God, the creator of the universe. Amen. But when the word of God says that he's the God of this world, it is not saying that he has the ultimate authority. It is conveying the idea that Satan rules over the unbelieving world. Okay. He rules over the unbelieving world in a very specific way. In the case of Second uh, Corinthians 4.4, 4, the unbeliever follows Satan's agenda. According to Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this world has blinded, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. You know, now, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but unfortunately, the minds of even some believers are becoming blinded. When you consider some of the things being said and done by some quote-unquote believers concerning today's current events, you know. So we see here that not only are the unbelievers being blinded, okay, but sometimes, unfortunately, some unbelievers are becoming blinded, considering some of the things that have been said of late. Some believers are holding that one group matters more than another, but according to God's word, God is not a respecter of persons. Yes, we are all important. 
Yes, even some believers are becoming blinded. Okay? We bow no knee to anyone but God. Amen. Only to God. But we see how it is slowly seeping in to the hearts and minds of some believers. Amen. Satan's agenda includes pushing, pushing a false philosophy onto the unbelieving world. A false philosophy that blinds the unbeliever from the truth of the gospel. Satan's philosophies are the, the fortresses in which people's minds are imprisoned, needing to be set free and brought captive to Christ in obedience to the truth. Okay? Satan imprisons the mind because that's where the battle is. Let me say this again. Satan imprisons the mind because that's where the battle is. Satan knows that if he can capture the mind, he can influence decisions behaviors and actions this is what is going on today right now even as i speak he knows that if he can capture that mind and shape it and mold it he can make that that person whether it's unfortunately whether it's a believer or an unbeliever but if he can capture that mind he can influence that person's decisions that person's behaviors and ultimately how that person acts and carries out things in the physical world in the real world okay as I said, this is what we see going on around us today. Okay, even as we speak, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, amen, and of darkness. Right? This blinding and, and keeping us earthbound or grounded, it all starts with a vision. Okay, it starts with a vision. The fastest way to destroy a man's vision is to give him two visions. Okay, the very thing starts with a vision. The way to destroy a man is to give him two visions. Why? Because you wind up losing focus. You lose focus on God. Where might that second vision come from? Where could it be just emanating from? Well, the second vision comes from none other than the devil himself. How can the devil give you a second vision to keep you grounded? Well, very easily. He gets you to focus on something else instead of the main vision that God gave you. Amen? You've been praying for things in your life, and God gave you a vision. He's given you some direction, and you focused on that. You know where it is you want to go. Then all of a sudden, boom, here comes this other vision, this other thought, this other vision to take you someplace else, to get you off of the main vision that God gave you. He doesn't want you to focus on things in heavenly places. He wants you grounded. He wants you earthbound. Amen? So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, praise the living God. God is a good God, hallelujah, praise him. Genesis chapter 2, and we want to go to verse number 15. Genesis two fifteen. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Thou shalt surely die. Okay? You shall not eat of the tree. This is the first vision. It's first instructions. You see that tree? Do not eat of it. Okay? Then all of a sudden we go to Genesis 3. Genesis chapter 3. All right? And we go to verse number 1. Genesis 3, verse number 1, and we see, 
Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Questioning her and planting doubt there. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the true, uh, we eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. There's the lie. There's the lie. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Okay? So they had, she had the first vision, which was do not eat of that tree. But all of a sudden, Satan comes in now and then plants something else in her mind, which is in, in contradiction. Okay, conflicts with what God said. You shall not eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Okay, so Satan takes her mind off of what God said and places another vision there and distracts her away from the truth. Distracts her away from the truth to make her look at a lie. Okay, he keeps her to look at it, makes her look at a lie and keeping her from God's directive. All right. So we see here again, uh, there's the first vision, God said, and then here comes Satan planting something else in her mind, a second vision. We also see if you go to the book of Matthew, turn with me to Matthew, Matthew 14, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew 14 and... We all know the story here of Peter walking on, walking on water, Jesus walking on water. And starting in verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit! It is a spirit! And they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou. Now, Jesus said, it is me. But now here's Peter even, you know, with that doubt, a little bit of doubt in his voice there. And he said, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Tell me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when he would come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Okay, thou art the son of God. Now here you see Jesus walking on water. Peter saw that he was walking and he said, oh, gee whiz, come. If that's you, Jesus, then tell me to come to you. Jesus told him to come to him. That was that was the vision 
to come. The instruction was to come to him. That was the godly instruction that was given to Peter. So, so he should just should have left it there because God said to come unto him. There was no second thought about it. Just get out of the boat and come unto him. And Peter did that. He did that. He stepped out and sure enough he was walking on the water. Okay. But then what happens? Then all of a sudden, sudden the devil comes along and gives Peter that second vision. He gives him that second vision to keep him grounded, okay, to keep him, him grounded to the natural realm, okay, to remove Peter from the heavenly realm that Jesus was having him interface with or the deep heavenly spiritual realm that Jesus was causing Peter to interface with by walking on the water. The devil gives him a second vision by making the storm become more boisterous. And so what does Peter do? Peter takes his mind, takes his eye off, off the first godly vision that Jesus had said to him by come, okay? He had him to look at the storm, which took his eyes off the first vision, which was Jesus. Amen? Amen? You see, so here we see, Satan would rather have us grounded and more earthbound rather than to focus on the heavenly things of God. In this particular case, the heavenly instruction, the godly instruction that Jesus himself said, come, which was bringing Peter into a whole different different realm of existence because he, Peter, defied physics and was walking on the water. Amen. God says that with Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And the devil says, look at that doctor's report. Jesus says, you are healed. By his stripes, you are healed. But the devil says, look at the doctor's report. Listen to what the doctor said. God's word is keeping you in heavenly places. But the devil wants to keep you grounded by not believing God's word. Amen. He wants to keep you grounded or earthbound by not believing God's word. Okay. We see again another example. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Praise the living God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. devil wants to keep you grounded, you know. As long as he can keep you grounded, then you can't focus on the things of God. If you can't focus on the things of God, you can't believe the things of God. Therefore, you cannot benefit from the manifold blessings that God will have in store for you. Do you realize that God wants you really to walk in miraculous areas during your life? Do you realize the things that God dreams and wonders and has prepared for you in this life do you realize that he wants you to be oh so victorious he doesn't want you suffering he doesn't want you wallowing in pity and wallowing in guilt and all of the other things that come along with with uh being a child of god okay in this world today amen amen we are victorious but we are victorious in christ jesus okay and the devil knows that we can be victorious in him. So, therefore, he doesn't want us to know Jesus. He doesn't want us to, to associate with him, so to speak, by having him in our lives on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. So, he wants to keep us grounded. He wants to keep us away from Jesus, you know. you know, It's almost like, you know, when, when I was a kid coming up, you know, and, and uh, I had a couple of guys my mom and dad didn't want me hanging around with and so forth and because they were a bad influence and so forth. And I remember hearing that quite a bit coming up, you know. And uh, they say, stay away from so-and-so, stay away from this guy, stay away from that. He's a bad influence. Well, you know, the devil wants you to stay away from Jesus. Amen. However, Jesus is not a bad influence in our lives. Hallelujah. But the devil knows that if we start following Jesus, we'll become like him. Okay. All right. We become more like him. 
So the devil wants to keep us grounded so that we cannot benefit and associate with Jesus. Amen. So Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Truly furnished unto all good works. The devil sends people your way to contradict God's written word, which of course is the Bible, to keep you grounded. To keep you grounded. Okay? But God wants your head in heavenly places by confirming his word. Confirming his word. All scripture, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. means that it can benefit you. It's good for you. Okay? It's good for you, the word of God. But the devil would have you to keep away from the word and would send people your way to contradict God's written word, the Bible. You know, if you've been a child of God for any length of time, then I know that people have come across your path, and in some cases family members, who contradict what the Word of God says or has their own opinion of what the Word of God means, and they start interpreting the Word of God to mean something that it is not is not written there, you know. Or even worse, if you don't have your Bible handy and they don't have a Bible, they'll start quoting scriptures um, that are not even in the Bible in some cases. I've actually seen that. Where did you get that from? Oh, it's in the Bible. Can you tell me where? Um, I can't think of it right now. You know, you see. So, 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 so the devil wants to keep us grounded, and he can do that by keeping us away from the Word of God. God wants wants us to be into His Word. It says in seventeen that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. To all good works. Amen. The devil says that we're failures. Go to uh, the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah, praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. God is a good God. He's an awesome God. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, and we want to go to verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Again. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. So God knows what plans and thoughts he has for us, and they're good things. They're really good things, okay? Okay. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Okay. And those are plans for good and not for disaster, to give us a future and to give us hope. But the devil constantly puts in your head that you're a failure, okay? God says he has good plans for you, but the devil to keep you grounded and to keep you away from thinking in heavenly places, as God is saying to us, he says, you're a failure. You're not going to make it. You know, you're a failure. You're not going to make it. You know? If we get one criticism from someone, you know, be it at work or something else that we're doing, all of a sudden we are totally crushed. We are totally crushed. And the devil starts pumping in your ear. See, you fail. You fail. You fail. Okay. Now, there are not, not everything that we do in life always happens or pans out the way we hoped it to or intended to. It does not mean that you're a failure. You make a mistake at work, all right, so you, you get corrected, you pick up, and you move on from there. It does not mean that you're a failure, that we don't let ourselves become crushed, because that's the way that the devil keeps us grounded. He keeps us earthbound by not believing, by taking our eyes off of the first thing that God told us, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good. Amen. Take our minds off of that. Keep us grounded by saying you're a failure. 
your failure. Okay? Amen. The devil often hits us with worries that you can't solve. Okay, go to Matthew. Book of Matthew. Hits us with worries that you can't solve. You know, so many times we get hung up, Matthew 11, so many times we get hung up on things and we start banging our heads against the wall and trying to solve things, you know. And don't you think that if you could solve it by yourself, you would have solved it? Amen? Amen? If there's something that you're really trying to solve, if you could solve it, then you, you would have solved it. Amen? But the devil hits that, hits us over the head with these worries, you know. Matthew 11, verse number 28. Matthew 11, verse number 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Amen. So you see, but the devil tries to give us these worries, and Jesus is saying to him to come to me. Okay, if you're worried, if you're weary and you're burdened, and he'll give you rest. So that's the first vision. That's the prime directive, if you will. So Jesus says, come unto me. But the devil tells us the second vision to keep us burdened. Oh, boy, you got this problem. What if you call so-and-so? What if you send an email to so-and-so? Other, other human beings now. The devil's not going to tell you to, to consult God, not by a long shot. He wants to take your vision off of God. He wants to take your thoughts off of God. Amen? So he'll send you someplace else. That's the second vision. He's redirecting God's, God's statement to you, where Jesus says, if you've got a problem, bring it to him. If you're feeling weary and you're feeling burdened, then bring it to Jesus, and he'll give you the rest that you need. You see? But the devil wants to keep you grounded. He wants to keep you earthbound. By taking your thoughts off of that and by contradicting God's word in your mind. You're going to go down the tubes, boy. You failed again and you're going to go down the tubes. There is no hope for you, you know. The devil tells us that we can't pay our bills. That there's not enough finances, okay. The God says... God says that, 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 that God will, will, will take care of, of me and will supply all of my needs. Go to Philippians, the book of Philippians, Philippians 4. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Philippians chapter 4. And we're just going to do verse 19. Philippians 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all your need, according to his riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Now, there's the vision, there's the, uh, 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 there's the mandate, there's the word of God, saying that he will supply all that you need, okay, according to his riches and glory. Now, God has everything. God has everything. He, scripture says elsewhere that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. God has everything, and he's saying that he shall supply all your needs. So that's the vision that you need to maintain. Amen? So when you're worried about your finances, worried about your bills, and worried about this and worried about that, that's involving money, don't worry about that because God said that he will supply your needs. That's the first vision. That's what we should be focusing on to keep us in heavenly places with God. But what does the devil do? Okay? He has you look at that bill that came in the mail, you know, or he look, has you, you know, look at that email that came to you from the credit card holder, you know, overdue or whatever it might be, and right away you fall apart. How am I going to make ends meet? 
Amen. Well, in the first place, just to, to even back up a little bit on that, how am I going to make ends meet? Well, first of all, you know, the, the keeping your, your eyes and your vision in heavenly places. Remember what Malachi 3.10 says about, about tithes and offerings. All right. We as children of God should always be thinking about tithing to God. Okay. And the word of God talks about tithing and tithing. Is, it, it, it's a tenth, the Greek word meaning one tenth. It's a tenth of your increase. So if we do get an increase, be it, be it by a paycheck or hit the lotto or whatever it may be, if you get an increase, you need to tithe on that. All right. But how many of us Christians are, are, are tithing? Okay, tithing and, 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 and financial increase and financial prosperity is tied directly to as you give, so you shall sow. Amen, amen. And, and, and tithing in Malachi there talks about would you rob God? All right, would you rob God? Now, it wasn't my intention to get heavily into tithing here, but, but maybe Holy Spirit is guiding me in this direction because during this time that, that uh, most of us are not meeting in physical church buildings, we're meeting online via recorded sermons and everything. How many of us are still tithing? Okay. You know, do you believe in your heart that or if you're not going to a physical church that you don't need to tithe? And that is a grave mistake, child of God. It's a grave mistake because the word of God says if you're increased. Okay. So those of us who are still, we still have income coming in. You're blessed with an income coming in. You're being increased by your weekly, bi-weekly, your monthly salary, your monthly uh, intake of, of finances. That means you're supposed to tithe on that. All right? You don't have to be in a physical church building. You know, I know there are many Christians out there, even when we were meeting in physical church buildings, that just because they are, um, didn't make it to church on a particular Sunday, you know, and if it was around pay week, you know, if they didn't make it to church on that particular Sunday, they didn't tithe. Okay, well, just because you don't go to church has nothing to do with it. If you were increased, you're supposed to be tithing to God. Amen. So while we're just on the subject here of finances and, and, and not being able to pay bills, you know, if you're not tithing, that, that could be a very, very big part of you not being able to pay your bills. You know, you know and trust me, uh, don't trust me, trust the word of God. You know, when I say that, believe me, once you lock into this, into the concept of tithing and your giving, you, you know, God will indeed, boy, he will open up, open up the, the windows of heaven and just pour out blessings upon you. You know, and you will see the fine that you will see finances coming in. I don't care what's going on around you. You will see the finances there. You see, you see. But the devil would have us have us keep our our minds and our thoughts off of heavenly places, where God is telling us that, okay, that He will take care of us financially by making us worry about the bills and not having enough. Amen. Okay. He wants to Satan wants to steal our peace. So he wants to give us a second vision concerning peace. Let's go to John 14, the book of John. Oh, glory to God. Our God is a wonderful God. He's an awesome God, and he wants to do so much for us if we just let him, and we, if we just keep our eyes on him and focus on what he is saying without distraction. Don't let yourself become grounded. Don't let yourself become locked into a an, an abyss, you know, of of, uh, of of things that are not in accordance with the word of God. In John chapter 14, verse number 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now, that part of the scripture right there. Peace I live, leave with you. My peace I give unto you. So that's the vision. 
Visualize when you're becoming unsettled and you're feeling upset about things. Visualize that vision, peace. Jesus said, and if you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that Jesus is doing the speaking here. It says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Amen. So that's the vision right there. Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you. So so envision that. Jesus saying that, I'm giving you my peace. And the peace that I'm giving to you is not the kind of peace that the world gives you, you know. Any kind of peace that you get through the world is always is always temporary. Amen. It's always temporary because it's going to disappear. Something else will crop up to steal that peace. Okay, now that doesn't mean that things do not happen in our lives that would challenge our peace. But when those things happen in our lives that do challenge our peace, the first thing we should do is focus back on that vision of the words that Jesus gave us. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Okay, so if I know that I have Jesus peace with which which, which transcends everything in the universe, covers the entire universe, then that means I can be at peace where I am today. In my home, in my job, in my neighborhood, in my community. Okay? You see, but Satan would want to steal that vision and replace it with a second vision to get your eyes off of that. And he wants to keep you grounded by stealing that peace from you. By having you, you focus on what's going around you, on, on around you. You know? The Lord knows if you turn on the TV or pick up a newspaper and you see what's going on with, 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 with all these, you know, the protests and things like that and, and whatnot and, and everything behind the protests and just the general turmoil that's in the world. You know, if you're not careful and you focus on that, you could wind up losing your peace. Okay? But Jesus said he's going to give me my peace. That means that, that I'm going to rise above that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for all of those people. I'm going to pray for the situation. But while I'm praying for that situation, I'm going to maintain my peace. Because I know that God's going to be victorious. I know that God is going to be victorious in this land, in this country, in this world. God is going to be victorious. Read the book. Read the book. God's going to be victorious. Okay? And along the way, along the way, you can be victorious too. All you got to do is not let yourself become grounded. Don't let yourself become strictly earthbound. Keep your vision, keep your eyes and placed on the things of God, on what the word of God says. Amen. Amen. In order to not be grounded, we must remember that God is our source for keeping our head in heavenly places. We must keep our focus on Jesus as Peter started to do. Amen. As he started to do. God is the source of every good thing. He's the source of every good thing. So don't be drawn away with a second vision from Satan that would pull you into believing and worrying about things otherwise. Amen. Final couple of final couple of scriptures here. Let's go to James, James chapter one. Oh, God is a good God. And nowadays, I'll admit it's hard to it's hard to to stay aloft, so to speak, and not be grounded. It's hard to stay aloft and not let yourself become earthbound. But we have to work on keeping the vision, keeping the one vision. That one vision is Jesus Christ. It's God. It's Holy Spirit. That's that one vision. Do not allow any secondary visions to distract you and take you away from that. Amen. James 1, verse number 17. 
Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Amen. One more time. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Okay. So every good gift comes down from, from God. Keep that as your vision. Keep that as your vision. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Okay, it, it comes from God. That's all there is to it. His word says that. So we need to keep focusing on that. We don't have to worry about any other thing, any other things that are going on around us externally. Okay, every good thing comes from God. Don't let the devil keep you earthbound by making you think you have to jump through certain hoops to make things turn out for good in your life. Okay. Oh wow, you know, if you if you light light three candles, you know, on on the on the sixth of the month when there's a full moon and spin around on your left foot three times and on your right foot four times and jump up and down eight times, boy, all great things are gonna to happen to you. All of those debts, all of those bills will be paid, you know. Oh boy, you'll meet the love of your life and you'll be able to get married. You know, all of those secondary secondary distractions, secondary visions. That would take us away from the main vision that God would have us to fully understand and to be guided by. Okay? Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, there's, there's no change. God is constant, neither shadow of turning. Amen? And the last scripture, of course, is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is Matthew 6, 20, verses 25 to uh, 34, okay? So regardless of what is going on around you, keep you first focused on the things of God, okay? And everything else that is needed in this life will indeed be given unto us, amen? Now, that's a big vision right there. Just keep focused on God, you see? You see, but what does Satan love to do? He loves to take our visions off of God, to have it focus on earthly things, Oh my gosh, look what's going on in, 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 the, in the city near me. You know, look at the riots, look at the this, uh, look at coronavirus, look at the disease, look at this, look at that. Keep you focused. Keep focused on the kingdom of God. And everything that we need will be added to us. Alright? Remember, Satan's desire is to keep us earthbound. Satan's desire is to keep us grounded so that we cannot focus on the things of God. Satan's objective is to just turn us away and make us doubt and wonder about every single thing that the, uh, the Word of God says about us, to us. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Remember, seek Him. Don't let yourself be distracted. This I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. and. I pray that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, until we get together again next time, that we shall remember these words and keep these words deeply, deeply planted, rooted within our spirits, that they cannot be stolen away when the evil one rises his ugly head and tries to distract us away from you, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that we shall maintain your vision and your vision only, that we can be guided closer to you, that we may walk in you and have your peace and have your joy, and have your happiness, O oh Lord God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time and, and these words that we've had with you here today, O oh Lord God. And I pray that we go forth in, in the rest of the week, that we shall be, be fruitful, 
I pray that the Christ light that is in us will shine forth for many to see, for those around us to see, O Lord God, that they may also come to know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father, and I praise you, Lord, in the matchless name of Jesus. I pray that you go from here today knowing that the joy of the Lord is indeed your strength and that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Go forth this day and be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.